it's challenging to keep good employees yes. on board. It's a real challenge because everybody wants everything now, right? We yes. live in a now economy where you yes. know, entertainment now, Instagram scroll, next video now. Mm. So I guess thought it'd be a good idea and super fun to, you know, have a trip to Mexico, all inclusive and essentially replicate exactly what I was able to live with and work in Mexico and kind of refresh the, I guess, the key, the key figures in the company. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. So leaders, I'm so excited for us to speaking with Jonathan Clark. Jonathan managed with us for three years. He found a woman of his dreams who also was a top performer, Eloise Sines. Um, and they are, he has grown his trucking business from 400,000 to $5 million in about five or six years. So unbelievable story here that you're going to hear of commitment, of focus, of perseverance, of problem solving, of seeing a challenge and just busting through it. I'm inspired. I'm feeling chills down and back, up and down my back. Um, and I'm just so appreciative for Jonathan to come in and share this story with everyone here today. And you know why I do all this is to find other amazing people like Jonathan. So if you know someone, share this podcast, shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com or go to studentworks.com and tell us about why you want to be a leader next summer. So uh, thanks so much and have a super fantastic day. Jonathan, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, fantastic. So, John, it's it's awesome to have you. I know it's been about five years since you left the program. You've made all sorts of progress. I'm super excited to dig in. So why don't we start? Why don't you? I know you spent three here. I guess the first question, what were you like jo before joining the program, John? What was I like before? A very hardworking guy. Yeah. So I didn't know that it was possible to make money without working necessarily, you know, a bunch of hours right. uh, in the day. So very hardworking and uh, very motivated. Yeah. And then I know, I know you had, uh, you know, three really great years with us, but why don't you, you know, just not for numbers, but just, you know, and you were, you know, Mexico operator three years in a row, as I recall, or, or whatever. So, but describe your experience, what you got out of it, what you learned, etc. Yeah. So what I got out student works was, I'd say, well, you know, the famous learning how to work smart yeah. uh, and not work hard. That's probably the biggest takeaway. Having, I guess, an understanding of the world that I didn't have before. So how, what, what example can I give you? Um, if let's say you can basically talk your way out of a lot of difficult and sticky situations. And before learning that you can actually do that, you're kind of just subjected to the, the rules and the regulations that you think apply to you in life. Right. So um, uh, I'd say, uh, I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, sure. that's probably one of the bigger takeaways is that I, I guess I got responsible for, uh, for myself and for my life. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you learned about integrity. I, I know that's something you learned about for sure. Yes. So, so yeah. Well, I, and I remember actually, and you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'll take a stab at it. Like I remember early on, you were 
working really, really hard and getting no results? Like, were you canvassing in the wrong area? And, and you know, we were, is that what happened to you? Did we have you on the wrong turf or something? You persevered? Um, yeah. So it's <laughs> funny enough, my um, Yab Cote, I figured, I guess, that I, was, I wasn't going to last very long. So oh, he just kind of, oh, well, I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure we spoke about that, but he kind of just put me in a territory that, you know, the guy's probably not going to last anyways. Let me just, you know, beat up the process. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the truth, but, you know, that's, right. uh, that's, know, that's, my, what, that's, my, that's my, what you my made up about interpret- it. Yeah, my yeah. heroic interpretation, you know? So, yeah, so I was actually about an hour away from my turf, um, which, you know, I, other operators were further. Yeah. So I have not much to complain about. And yeah, it, I was about an hour away, made things way more difficult uh, because I have a pretty funny story about my driver's license uh, right. that, uh, that occurred uh, literally the, well, anyways, we'll get to that later. But, um, but yeah, that made things quite difficult. Um, yeah. That made things yeah. quite difficult. Well, well I, you know, first of all, I'm certainly unaware of that. Um, but, but what I am aware of is, is that, you know, your first year would have been about nine years ago. So at the time, we were still figuring out the Quebec market to, to where we know now. And so one of the things I think good chance we, you know, might have erred in is getting into markets where we go, that just doesn't work. So we just don't go there. And now we know that. And and not just in Montreal, but in all our markets. It's like, okay, we're just, you know, we're not in North Etobicoke. You know, it's kind of tough area in Toronto. It doesn't make sense. You know, we're in these postal codes and and that track record just makes such a difference. But but it, what, it, what stood out for me, Jonathan, was just, you're just someone who perseveres. You're just someone who sticks it out. You know, that's something, um, you know, and, and uh, that's something that really stands out. So what do you still use from your time at StudentWorks? To be honest, a little bit of everything. Uh, a lot of contacts. I still speak to a lot of operators uh, that were uh, that were we were work, working with me. I use the well. I'm I'm still learning how to be organized. Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I struggled with, and uh, yeah. and I can say that today I, I'm, I'm you know I'm getting good at it. Right. Um, integrity for sure. So you know honoring my word and just being someone who you know people can can count on and being somebody that that I can count on. Yeah. Uh, knowing that I'm going to get the job done and also like management, employee management. Those are the things that I really had to learn uh, when when uh, when being an operator. So yeah, those I use every day. I, yeah. I use that in my my current business every day. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And I know I know. Um, you know, one of the things is is you had experience of landmark. Um, yes. Right. And so you know, not something that we introduce our operators to. They either choose to participate or choose not to participate. We we actually introduce those people in late July. We have a process. By the way, Jonathan, I think we're 200, 250 past alumni have done the program. And uh, you know, so what what were your what were your takeaways about from from doing landmark? Um, wow. So many, you know, cause, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I could, I could go, I could get really profound uh, right. in, uh, for the, for the discussion, but I won't, but like long story short, I guess one of the bigger, the biggest lessons that I learned is that I'm the one meaning that, you know, no one's coming to save me. No one's gonna, you know, I'm not going to win a lottery ticket and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, just become a millionaire <laughs> right. because of luck. It's going to come because of, of, of work. Um, and, uh, and I guess the biggest takeaway is probably kind of, it's again on the organizational side. So writing down goals and, um, 
and and I guess uh, measuring my my stats, getting data, and also just being authentic. Right. So not pretending to be someone that I'm not. Um, also goes in business. I, I don't, if there's something that doesn't feel right, um, it, it's usually because it isn't. So, yes. um, so I, <laughs> I, right. I, I, I guess I, I learned to listen to my heart and not right. so much my, my, my brain all the time. Right. What else did I get from Landmark? A, like a bunch of great friends, uh, yeah. great connections, people that, you know, I can trust. That's I lots. got a, I, yeah, like I got my, I, I, my relationship, you know, the, the, my, my wife, Eloise, uh, that, that was a relationship that was grown within landmarks, uh, I guess the courses and, uh, right. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And just for our leaders, Eloise also was a top performing operator. So, so, yes. so both, both of those things, uh, uh, together. So then you, you, you leave student works and you get into the trucking business. So let's walk us through that. Why that, what, you know, what had you going in that direction? Yeah. So one of the discoveries I actually made in Landmark is that I was competing with my father. My father has had a, a trucking company since 1999. Um, he was kind of a, a more solo operation. So he had uh, two trucks. He was a driver and he had another driver. And uh, for the longest time, like this was in a, in a blind spot, which is something that obviously you learn in, in Landmark. But in my blind spot, I was working as hard as I was working and achieve, trying to achieve what I was trying to achieve so that I could surpass my father and show him, you know, like, I'm the best, you know, I'm the better one. I'm the better. So right. kind of bogus when you think about it, when yes. you're even saying yes. it out loud, it, it doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> so um, after doing Landmark, um, I, I realized that I could just join forces with my father. And it was maybe maybe six months after I, I did my my last year with uh, with Student Works that I decided to uh, to jump on board with him and uh, and just you know roll up my sleeves and scale the trucking business. So that's how I got started. Okay, great, awesome, awesome. And so uh, so is your father and your relationship continue to be good at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's definitely not perfect. We tend to we don't really butt heads to be honest, but I mean. Um, We've grown it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, with that obviously comes, you know, differences of opinion. We can say he's more old school. I'm more new school. He likes, uh, he likes to own things outright. I don't mind, you know, leveraging things, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, And, um, and I mean, that's kind of been like the, the latest of our series of disagreements but i mean that's i think the beauty of our relationship is we yeah. we'll, we'll 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 get upset at each other and then you know two minutes later we'll call each other back and continue the conversation so we don't really awesome. waste that much time fantastic and and by the way as well if you both saw things the same way there's not as much value to the relationship right so it's and, you know and there's no question within families being in family businesses there are patterns and there are there are there are challenges in communication that don't exist outside families normally obviously there's challenges in any partnership but then you combine you know son son partners you know etc you know um you know there's issues and and I know we run a family business and so it's it really gets you to really spend a bunch more time focusing on your communication instead of just getting, you know, things resolved and heard and listened to, et cetera. So that's awesome. So why don't you walk us through sort of 400,000, I guess, was your father and his 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 driver running a business. So what were the steps? I know at, at this point you're running a $5 million business. So what were the steps to get there? And what did, what did, it, what did it take, Jonathan? Well, um, 
but it, it took everything, <laughs> everything that I had. Right. Um, partially because I wasn't doing things properly. I wasn't okay. organized and I, I wasn't looking at the numbers. I was just being an operator and, uh, and not, uh, you know, operating like an owner. Okay. So uh, the first thing that I did, um, actually, Charles is who helped me run my student works company. He is also my partner in the, uh, well, today it's the logistics and the warehousing division. Awesome. And then, uh, anyway, so, so we grew that together. And um, yeah, so how we got to where we are now is again, in the beginning, just a lot of just what you'd expect going to bed at 11 at night, waking up 4am and just with a grind, you know, right. trying to differentiate ourselves and, and trucking is a very competitive market. There's a lot of trucks on the road. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you're pretty much offering the exact same service. So you need to find a way to, to demonstrate that you're, you know, to differentiate yourself. So at the beginning, it was just like me trying to apply student work stuff to trucking, which yeah. like me coaching, you know, a 15 year old or like an 18 year old or a 20 year old on how to paint the job is very different than trying to, you know, show a 50 year old driver how to do his job, you know, yes. like uh, customer service and speaking to clients and being, you know, doing what I say, essentially. Yes. So that was that was, uh, I'd say, two years of my uh, my development was just learning how to speak to the old school generation in a way where I, I was able to get stuff done, because obviously, my original methods weren't working. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of relearn how to how to communicate and, and how to listen to what was behind what they were saying, you know, because right. they'd say, I'm not doing that shit. For right. example, and yeah. then I, you know, what what's he really trying to say? And uh, <laughs> and then hearing, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm really tired. Is, is right. often what I'm just really tired, John. That's what I heard at the end. So I guess, uh, yeah, that in the beginning. So we also scaled a third but party. Hold, but logistics. hold, hold, hold yeah. on with that. I, um, that's wonderful. I want our leaders to listen. Is is a lot of times people are communicating, but they aren't really communicating what they're actually saying, right? So so the words they're using isn't. So we got to listen to their complete communication right and and some of it also early on might be Jonathan you're too young I don't get I don't trust you right I, you know what, what you know th those are probably also some communications they wouldn't say exactly that because you're only but but it's it's over time you by showing up early and being there and in communication all of a sudden who you are and how old you are doesn't matter to them Jonathan's helping me make money Jonathan's helping me solve my problems in my life, you know, so so that's also, I'm sure, part of this as well, that communication as you've got, got for. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. So because, you know, one of the things about the trucking industry, one of our, the founders of our, of our business, you know, um, actually, he runs a really successful trucking company. And I remember just talking to him and he goes, one of the most important things is just relationships with the truckers, because otherwise they, they can go anywhere, right? They, they can go there, they can go down the street They're you know, who's paying me more, etc. So it's having a fantastic relationship with them is an enormous part of the success of your business. I'm sure like anything, right? It's like our business. Well, what's the most important thing? All of our amazing coaches, all of our amazing operators, you know, yeah. and then we can go and paint paint houses and clean windows. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's trickled down into today's operation as well. You know, yes. uh, the relationship is, is first. Yes. Uh, people getting along is, is is first. Exactly. Exactly. So later stages, how, how did you how did you continue to move the business? What were the the uh the levers that you saw, Jonathan? Yeah. So after trying to recruit drivers for, you know, a year and a half and getting, you know, two, three applicants come in, you know, super excited. They start, they screw up the truck, they, you know, rip a trailer, they, 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 they mess things up. I realized that 
scaling the non-asset portion of the business would be easier. So rather than, you know, trying to find drivers and then, you know, which one do you first? First, do you get the driver first and then the truck and then you look for the work or do you get right. the work first and then you get yeah. the, the drive and, you know, which one do you do first? So I decided to, to start a brokerage with Charles and uh, where our only jobs were to broker. So we would call a bunch of customers that needed, you know, trucking services. And then we would call a bunch of trucking companies and say, you know, hey, you can do it for for $500 cheaper than this guy, we'll go with you. And then we'd make a commission on top of whatever, uh, you know, we're, we're the, the, we'd, we'd make a commission on top of the loan. So we were just a trucking company, but non-asset. And right. we, we, we finally had a, a pretty big steel company trust us for the first time with like a lot of, you know, volume. And that was the first time, you know, I, you know, big, like $60,000 check and was like, wow, like we did this without spending a dime. Pretty much. We, we only have the internet computer and, uh, and, and, you know, a, a, an Excel spreadsheet at the time. So um, that's when we, we saw the opportunity in the business as a whole. And I kind of zoomed out of trucking and looked more at the overall business of transportation. So okay. I guess, so that was kind of like vertical integration number one. So okay. moving out of trucking and, and stepping more into uh, logistics and, and brokering. After COVID hit us, we started getting a little bit well, worried because a lot of our bigger customers that were shipping with our, our, our logistics division uh, weren't shipping as much. Okay. And uh, and uh, so we pretty much took every precaution that we could. We we essentially let go of our employees, some of which we kept because we we wanted to make sure that the you know we were able to still service those who, who did want to use our services. Right. Um. But I also saw a perfect opportunity to uh, vertically integrate into warehousing. Well, essentially, like transport is, is, I don't know if you're familiar with the term supply chain, but there's like the supply chain is like a, essentially a chain of, of command, if you will, of, of cargo. So right. a, a piece of cargo or it could be a, a chair, like it could be food, like it could be whatever is, is a lot of the time coming in on a, on a container or from, right. from a container from overseas. And I told myself, if I can target freight or cargo that's coming into the city of Montreal, so uh, for instance, a container full of wood, for example, I know that container, that customer is always going to be importing wood because we always need wood to build, you know, homes and renovate yes. and, and sheds and things like that. So I saw a great opportunity to uh, in vertically integrating in warehousing, but more specifically container de-stuffing is what okay. it's called. Okay. Um, tell me if I'm losing you here. No, uh, you're, no, you're not. Okay. No, and I, okay. one of the great. things is, I know we've got to describe the business for our leaders to understand. And one of the great things as well is by understanding the trucking industry in the future, when they have transportation needs, et cetera, it's important to understand. So, so with this, you know, my understanding, the transportation business is something about nine or 10% of our economy. It is a monstrous part of our, of our, of the economy. So uh, mm -hmm. moving things around, you know, so so people can get them. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's a uh, no. It's everywhere. It's everything. Yeah. You know, yes. from books to, to shelves to every everything had to have come on a truck or on a boat or on a plane or something. Yeah. So so essentially, like looking back at the the move that I made, like shifting into warehousing, uh, I was smart about how I did it, but stupid about why I I went into the business the way that I did. So um, I was smart because I saw an opportunity. I jumped and and I you know it's working today. So obviously it worked out. Right. But I was stupid because I did that without you know touching a calculator. I didn't look at any of the numbers associated to it. I just you know kind of 
you know, it looks good. So let me, let me jump right into this. And, uh, you know, it could have probably saved me a lot of uh, stressful months. So we ended up, but again, it kind of brought out the inner genius in, in, in my partner and, and, you know, myself and, and Charlie, we, uh, so we ended up getting this warehouse. I was able to convince the, the owner to let me rent half at half of the price, which was already very cheap uh, for right. the market. He accepted after, you know, a lot of persistent following up. Um, and then we got this one job essentially sent to my email. It was like container de-stuffing for the equivalent of like six containers of wood. I'd never de-stuffed a container in my entire life, but I knew we had a forklift and I was like, well, I'm sure I could figure this out. So I, I de-stuffed this container. It takes me like six hours and I'm right. charging like 400 bucks. So it's like, I've got a forklift, this warehouse I have to pay for. I'm making $400 right. in six hours. And I've got six of these containers. Anyways, like I've got like this giant expense of a warehouse, a forklift. And I, I jumped into this, the promise of pretty much $2,000. Right. So I couldn't even cover my first half a month of expenses, but I still said, you know what, let's do it. So that was kind of the, the stupid part. Yes. Um, now, with COVID, uh, we, we when we were doing our sales call, because we were doing a lot of cold calling, I was on the forklift cold calling, Charlie, my partner, cold calling, we we're always on the phone calling. Yeah. And um, we were able to speak to presidents of companies a lot more than usually because because secretaries were not at the office. So right. it's all presidents of companies and owners that are answering the phone. Answering the phone, yeah. Yeah, so we got lucky because we were able to speak to these head honchos that we normally would never get a chance to speak to. And thankfully, like, you know, us being this young, you know, driven team, we, we gained a lot of trust very quickly. So um, that six container load turned into, you know, hundreds of, of containers business, but promised at a future date. So we right. still had to carry this warehouse expense, this forklift expense, like the, everything having to do with the warehouse space until those containers hit. So we did anything and and and, and everything that we did to, to generate business. Uh, it was uh, right before right before winter. So we had uh, we, we we told ourselves, well let's store boats and let's right. store cars for winter storage. So we right. we start doing it and then we try to get the permit from the city and the city says no we can't so now we're stuck. We have the space <laughs> that we have to pay for and the city says you can't store anything. So not you can't even get insurance for it. Right. So then luckily this gentleman reaches out to me on Facebook and says let me rent half of your space to essentially do what you want to do but with cars instead of boats. And I said, no problem, sold, but you need to pay me all six months in advance. Huh. So he gave me this, you know, $50,000 check that I was able to put towards rent for, you know, the four following months. Well, it bought us more time to ramp up sales some more in, in the meantime. So that's kind of how we got started wow. with nothing. And today we, you know, we've got the two warehouses. We've got that same warehouse we started, South Shore of Montreal. We have another uh, bigger space on the island. And uh, we have like close to 25, 24, 25 employees, truck drivers, warehouse staff, counting, third-party logistics staff, multiple, lots of forklifts, lots of incoming business. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the... Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part... That's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes 
to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hearing the story stresses me out. So, yeah. so congratulations. You know, and what I hear is persistence, commitment, vision. You know, obviously one one opportunity is financial help, getting, you know, so so making sure that, you know, uh, cause because sometimes, you know, frankly, cash flow can kill us. Cash flow kills businesses, you know. So yeah. so it's we're here making sure that. And and for me as well, that's not a gift that I have. That's not a skill set. It impeded our business uh, enormously until my wife, who graduated from HBA, came in and just kept the financial structures and making sure that we were returning the money that we should to you know maybe a resource that uh, that you don't have that you need and you can get mm-hmm. those part time too you yeah. know financial resources which is really awesome but most importantly you know the thing that works is like you said getting somebody on the phone and uh, and inspiring them that they need another supplier right and that's what you were doing right is that amazing you know the things that come out of a pandemic yeah yeah absolutely no we we wouldn't have jumped had we not been you know faced with 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 the pandemic um yeah yeah it, it hasn't been you know a rosy climb but uh but i mean <laughs> if there's if there's one thing that i tell myself that really makes me feel better about myself is that i feel like you can throw me in pretty much any business including you know cash deficient businesses that yeah. are really in trouble and and i and i'm convinced that i'd be able to make some sort of a positive uh I'm convinced as well, uh, Jonathan, there's no doubt about it. So, so, um, you know, and, and again, strong communicator, hard worker, enroll people. You know, I saw one thing that you did um, just, you know, one of the cool things about social media is, is that you see things that people are posting. So I know you have a top performer trip, which was su- super excited, right? You, you take yes. your team away. And so what are the benefits of doing that? How's that working for your team? Yes, yes. I actually forgot to mention that. That is a straight deal from R and D rip off and duplicate, buddy. That's what we <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, so exactly, you got exactly. take with pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So so well, I mean, it's very. I don't want to say what I was going to say. It's challenging to keep good employees yes. on board. It's a real challenge because um, everybody wants everything now, right? We yes. live in a now economy where you yes. entertainment now, Instagram scroll, next video now. Mm. So I guess thought it'd be a good idea and fun, super fun to, you know, have a trip to Mexico, all inclusive and essentially replicate exactly what I was able to live with and work right. um, in Mexico and kind of refresh the, I guess, the key, the key figures in the company. Because I remember how I felt before going to the Mexico trip or, you know, somewhere else in the Caribbean and, and after I got back and it was a completely different version of myself. Right. So yeah, in in replicating that, I was able to, I guess, uh, reconnect with everybody because it, it 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 was it was a steep climb for all the employees. Uh, you know, you you mentioned cash flow. Cash flow is a is an issue for us. Every week, we're dealing with cash flow problems. Yeah, and or I'm very transparent about that. 
You know, yeah. um, I speak to all of my employees about cash flow. Everybody has a, a, a notion of how difficult it is to, to manage. So, so yeah, I guess the takeaway was a like a week of a lot of fun. Uh, we were able to connect in a way that you know I would connect with my best friends yeah. and uh, and and like a sense of trust. It's like you know these people have seen me you know tumbling downstairs in Mexico, like uh, you know, picking me up. So I'm, I'm sure. He, now they know for for sure that I'd pick them up in uh, if they if they fell down uh, their own set of stairs in Canada. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome, John. Um, so you, you know, one of the questions that we often talk about is kind of biggest mistakes or failures. Obviously, just kind of overcoming what you overcame to create what you created is amazing. And again, like you said, it's you know growing from four hundred thousand to five million dollars. Absolutely massive cash flow difficulties because you know people will pay you later to provide the yes. service. Now people will pay you later just for our young leaders because the businesses we run are, you know, complete the job, collect the payment, complete the job, complete the payment. So a lot of times they're really not that aware of, of the impact of cash flow. It's monstrous. Mm -hmm. So so even though you're quote unquote profitable, you don't see that profit. And then later on, you're even more profitable, but there's still all these costs. So it's very, yeah. very challenging what you're coping with. Yeah, the catch up, right? You have to catch up now. Yes, <laughs> okay, you make exactly. more of it. Now you have to catch up all the, all the suppliers that you had to kind of slow down payments on if you if you could. So yeah, yeah it's a number, it's a cycle for sure. Yeah. So um, what, what did you need to change about yourself to become the value creator that you are in the world, John? What did I have to change? I think that having a child is probably one of the things that the, I can say I changed about myself because yeah. you priorities are completely reorganized to, once you have a child. That yes. combined with honoring my word, just integrity a la max. So just being that person that you say you're going to be there and you're there, you know, mm -hmm. no questions asked and people see you as that. So I'd, I'd say a, a combination between being a father, being somebody who really honors their their word and uh, and being someone who uh, um, I genuinely want people who work with me, work for me to be rich. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I say that like, that's one of my goals. Like I want to develop massive wealth doing what I'm doing right now. And yeah. um, and I had to be honest about that. So that's something I had to change, too, because I feel like there's this taboo with money. And like we, we well, I know I could speak for myself. Like I didn't want to say that my goal was to become a billionaire. Right. Like that is that is a goal. And wow. uh, and for me to, to say that out loud is uncomfortable. So that being said, um, now that I am complete with that communication to myself, um, I can really I can tell my employees what I want for them. I can say, yes. well, look, like, how do you expect to make more money if you're not even on time for the meeting? You know, or, yeah. or how do you expect to like, that's not how integrity works. Yeah. Um, and and um, creating, I guess, uh, an environment that's very, very um, transparent and uh, just, uh, how do I put it? Like, I just want people to be the best versions of themselves. That's that awesome. Me. And I don't tolerate anything under the best version of themselves. Well, that's great. And, and one of the things, you know, uh, you know, as you probably know, I recall, I've got a goal of creating a 1000 millionaires. So a goal of becoming a billionaire is really massive. But guess what, the only way of creating a billionaire is to create a whole bunch of millionaires around you. It's just yes. not going to happen otherwise. So 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 it is something that is, you know, an awe inspiring goal. And someone around you has to go, okay, well, hey, there's got a lot of be a, a lot of value being created out here. Um, you know, and, and, uh, 
so, so I think that's, you know, amazing, you know, quite a, uh, a powerful, you know, future to live into, right. That, that can be really powerful for your team, you know, to, to live into and what it's created. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, and what about what habits, what key habits would someone want to steal from you, John? Key habits, patience, huh? like not, not grabbing onto the, uh, the, the low hanging fruit. Yeah. I, I, patience is probably the, the bigger one. Patience and, uh, habit it's because like you you become this version of yourself so it's just who i am now i have a hard time looking at my, myself from the outside and being right. like well he's very organized and he has yes. integrity so yeah uh being patient is definitely the thing that i notice that i do better than most handling stressful situations and kind of staying cold when when you know things are blowing up around you so yeah i'd say patience integrity so you know honoring your word and all that good stuff i get like fun if that makes huh. sense, uh, yeah, you know, no, I totally just want like sense. things, yeah. things, things, things should be fun. You know, I think that when when you're having fun is when you're you're often being your best self. That's another thing that I'm learning with time. It's that you know I had this idea that making money had to be difficult and hard and couldn't uh-huh. be fun, and you know the fun comes later. Yeah. But if you put it first, then yeah. everything becomes fun. You know, the 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 journey becomes fun. So yeah, well, fun. I- I agree. You know, our value, work hard, play hard, have fun. You know, let's have fun yeah. all the way along. And, and you know, for, for our leaders, Jonathan smiles most of the time during this podcast. <laughs> As I do. But anyhow, so yeah, so so John has fun, you know, and it's, and it's awesome. So anything, I've got one final question, but anything you'd like to share with our young leaders uh, before the final question? Young leaders of today, uh, I'd say just, just be patient. Okay. Stick with it. Don't stop. Even if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, just just don't stop. Keep going. And uh, and the character that you will be at the end of that journey is one that you'll you'll be very thankful that you've become. Fantastic. I love that. I love that. And and when you think of a leader of tomorrow, Jonathan, what do you think of? A leader of tomorrow? Good question. I, to, like you need to be the whole package today. It's not enough to just be good at something. You need mm-hmm. to be the whole package. So I think somebody who is positive, I've got a positive mindset, who is taking care of themselves, like, you know, exercising, honoring their words, being where they're, they were, where they said they were going to be and, and doing all that good stuff. Um, connecting with people, connecting with people is very important. Having fun every day is very important. Taking time for yourself every single day, you know, meditating. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I, I think that you should strive to be just the absolute optimal version of yourself in every single sphere period if you're going to be a parent be the best parent you possibly can be if you're going to be if you're going to go to the gym like push yourself to the very limit every day that you go to the gym like just don't with any of the you know the lies you tell yourself to get off the hook love it love it so uh (laughs) that's fantastic jonathan hey leaders i hope you enjoyed this episode bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit 
leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.